We've been uh, studying and talking, conversing, studying about the Holy Spirit the past few weeks. And um, I hope that you guys have been really thinking about it and really praying about His ministry, His power. Uh, the songs that we just sang, thank you so much, Melissa, for lead us, leading us into those truths of, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he lives in us. You know, He lives, it's the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. He's, it's the same power that, that we are, that's made available to us, that gift that God has given us, the Father has given us. And we sing about that. And it's Him is that reveals to us who God is. As we sing those songs, when they, when they resonate with us, when they make sense to us, when we realize that it's this, it's His, it's Him that's living inside of us, that's, that's opening our eyes up to those real, those realities and that, those truths. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I pray that you just really lean into what we're talking about. I pray that you um, don't allow this to become, which we'll talk a little bit about today, don't allow this to become just factual information. This isn't just factual information, but it's information that truths that can literally transform your lives. I mean, literally transform who you are as a person, changing you more into the image of Jesus Christ. And allowing you to see God, enabling you to see the Father more and more and more as as we uh, as we grow in our relationship with Him. This morning, I want to share with you a couple of thoughts from Acts. Well, a couple of thoughts from a few different passages, but in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, if you would turn there with me, I want to read a little passage of Scripture uh, that that um, talks about uh, the ministry of Paul in relation to this concept of the of of the holy spirit and so if you would turn there with me acts chapter 19 i'm going to read from um a translation that i'm kind of new to me but i really like it's the holman christian standard bible um i really like it it's it's very parallel to the niv and to the esv i usually read from the esv but i, I just some of the readability of the the h CSB is is I just really like and I want if it's different a little bit it'll it it, it aligns with the NIV if that's what you're using or the ESV but it says this in chapter 19 verse 1 it says while Apollos was in Corinth Paul traveled the interior regions and came to Ephesus he found some disciples and he asked them and this is what I want to look at today he says this did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed that's a powerful question in counseling, they teach you that when you ask questions, they need to be purposeful questions. And if you notice, a lot of times when we converse with each other, we don't ask purposeful questions. A lot of times we ask questions about a lot of detail that really doesn't add to the context, right? And it's just, sometimes it's just the way it is. Some people are very good at asking multiple questions that doesn't pertain to the context. Other people may not ask any, but... Uh, the, 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 this right here is a very powerful question. And Paul's asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said this, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, Paul, Apollos is in Corinth, okay? Paul's traveling through. He comes into the interior regions of Ephesus. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about the church in Ephesus. And we talked about this church that when Paul came, or when Apollos was there, uh, many believers came to know Christ. There were many people who believed in Jesus. They believed in the way, is what they used to call it, the way. Capital W-A-Y, the way. And so many people believed. When Paul came to that church in Ephesus, as we see here 
He really kind of ushered in the Holy Spirit. Obviously, the Holy Spirit did it, but through his ministry, Paul was very instrumental. God used Paul in a very instrumental way of introducing the Holy Spirit to the people that believed. And so what we saw was, or what we see, and we can go back in Acts, if you go back in, the, in some of the, uh, right, the chapters in Acts, um, Luke records Paul's ministry in uh, this church in, in Ephesus. And they talk about, and I shared this with you before, but this church literally was on fire. This church, these believers came together. They they became on fire uh, for 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 God. They became on fire for Jesus. A town in which they were lo- the town in which they were located again was very um, idle, um, eccentric, or idle driven. That was their culture. And so when many of these people turned their lives over to Christ and believed in a completely different way, they had nothing to do with the idol, which ended up making a a very significant negative impact upon the economy. It's a very powerful thought. And so Paul then was ran out of town during with a riot because they're like whoa this can't continue on but this church came alive man they repented it talked about them confessing and repenting confessing saying whoa we're not we're not on track here we're not in the way god would want us to be and then they repented of their ways which literally means they changed directions so the direction they were going they literally changed directions that's what it means to repent they confessed they changed directions and they you know with god and they and they started following god and, and his ways so what happened was they had like these big, uh, you know, times where they took all their stuff and they burned it. I mean, they just, they didn't want anything to do with idol worship any longer. And they became all about the, the way. They became Christians. They became all about what God wanted in their lives. And again, which made a, a, a significant impact in the economy of this church in Ephesus. But the Spirit became alive. And you remember later on in Revelation... We read about Jesus moving amongst the candles, the lampstands, and he makes, he comes to that first church, Ephesus, and he says this, you need to remember how far you've fallen. You, you had it once. You had it, man. You were on fire back here, but now you're not doing, you're not, you're not that way anymore. And if you don't confess and repent, if you don't turn, again, that, that, that repent, that turn from your ways and do things differently, uh, you know, something very significantly bad is going to happen here. And so he warns them, return to your first love. Return to that first... What is he talking about? Returning to what they were about. They were all about confession and repenting initially to begin with. And so that's where this whole thing takes place. The Spirit ushered in. This church way back, you know, when it first started, the Spirit of God ushered in and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reveal... The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to take who God is and reveal it to people, you and I, men and women, children. The ministry of the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. He, he's, the, he's the gift that, that, that what takes place when we believe. And he, um, Jesus says that that's the gift and the, He comes inside of us and He reveals to us the things of God. That's when, that's what keeps us in, in track with God. That's what keeps us pointed in the right direction with God. But that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reveal. So when we are not understanding God, when we don't see God, when we don't hear God, when we don't, uh, when we don't, I mean, there's this complete disconnect between us and God. It could very well be that we have not given the Holy Spirit freedom in our lives to reveal God to us. 
We're not living in conjunction. We're not living in harmony with the Holy Spirit. It's a dynamic. It's a relationship. It's a dynamic um, situation or dynamic thing that happens or concept that happens with inside of us that the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us, directs us, uh, encourages us, corrects us, confronts us at times. But that is his, that is his ministry. He reveals to us. And so when Paul asked the question, he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? They said no. And so when we lead late, when we continue to read that particular passage, they receive the Holy Spirit and things become absolutely alive within their lives. But it's very interesting when we, t- when we think about this because they believed, but they did not yet receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go down that path just yet, but I want to point out a couple concepts here for you. And I want to think about today. Henry Blackaby makes this statement, and I think it goes right along with this. He says this about the Spirit of God. The foundation of our faith is not doctrine, but it's an, it's an encounter with God. You see the difference? We can have all the facts. Just like I said earlier, we can have all the facts. We can sit down. We can read this book over and over and over again. We can memorize it. And we can even, we can even probably believe in it. But if, if it's not built on an encounter with God, we're missing something. Okay? It's not complete. There are, there's not, there are theologians that study the Bible, but understand it more from a factual perspective, and don't really understand. They haven't been revealed things because they're not looking at it through that lenses. They're not allowing the Holy Spirit to to reveal to them, to show them the truth behind this. Does that make sense? And so this isn't something where we sit down and we just have faith in a doctrine. Well, I believe in the virgin birth. Well, I believe this, that, and the other. If we're not truly... um, If it's not active, we're missing something. If the Spirit of God is not allowed to come into our lives and to reveal to us things, we're coming up half empty. Now, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? So most of you say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, let me share with you another passage. Matthew seven twenty-one verses through 23. Turn there with me real quick. Matthew chapter 21. My, or 7, I'm sorry. I hear you. Matthew chapter 7, and this is a passage you've read before, and it's probably kind of disturbed you. This is, these are the words of Jesus. He says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, now this is where it gets disturbing, on that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Does that disturb you? The reason why it disturbs me is because I think that or it disturbs me, but I think it goes back to exactly what we're, the, the point I'm trying to make here is this. It's not based just on doctrine. Our faith is not based just on doctrine. There is an aspect to this. There is a relational component here that where we live in this humble, contrite state 
with God and His Holy Spirit, that His Holy Spirit is able to come in and reveal to us the things of God. It's not enough to say, well, I believe in that. Here's the thought James tells us in his letter that even the demons believe in Jesus and they tremble because they know. For some, we can become so indoctrinated, so inoculated with the doctrine, so inoculated with studying the Bible that we can actually miss what the Bible teaches. Jesus even said that to the church at the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time. You've got the Scriptures, you've got the law, but what it's actually pointing to, you're missing out. It's me. You read it, you study it, you have it all there, but what it's literally revealing to you or teaching to you, you're blind about it. You're blind that it's teaching you that, that, that it's about me. And he says you essentially worship that when you should be worshiping me. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about here. And it's the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus, that God has given us, of, you know, as we believe that, that the Holy Spirit, if we live in this humble state of, of, of contrition and humility, that the Holy Spirit comes in and reveals to us the things of God. He reveals to us who God is. He reveals to us the, 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 the how huge and vast God is. I mean, He continues to reveal to us. Those of you that have been following Jesus for a long time, those of you that have had a faith, and I mean a rich faith where it's not built on doctrine, it's built on relationship. And you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that have built your faith and you have that intimate relationship with God, you the older you get, the more you realize how much you don't know, right? It's like the more you walk with Jesus, the more you get to know about God, the more you allow the Holy Spirit in your life and revealing things to you of God, the more you realize how vast God is and how finite your mind is. How finite we are as humans. Now, instead of driving to discouragement or a sense of, you know, feeling overwhelmed, it drives you to a deeper, deeper intimacy and appreciation of who God is. That's what the Holy Spirit's ministry is. When the, when the Holy Spirit enters our life, He is there to reveal to us the things of God that uh, help, enables us to know God more and more and more and more in this intimate relationship with Him. God absolutely loves us. And that's what He wants. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to know Him more and more and more. Again, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals God to us and reveals to us that God is actively working all around us. I hear statements, before, you know, I hear statements like this. Well, the Holy Spirit's not here anymore. When? When did that take place? When, when did, when did, the, when did the Holy Spirit leave? When did the Holy Spirit not take up residence anymore? How is it that we can make a statement like that? Because we're basing it on probably our expectations. We're basing it on our thoughts. We're basing it on human perspectives. Let me just show you something with you. The Holy Spirit's alive. The Holy Spirit is still on this earth today. The Holy Spirit is still an element church today. The question becomes, do you do you allow the Holy Spirit to, re to, to minister within your lives? To reveal to you who God is? Or has the Holy I mean, have you grieved Him to the point where you can't even hear Him? The Holy Spirit hasn't left. The Holy Spirit's not out of the building. We, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as we, as we allow Him to live with us. We are in this world where God is moving and God is working. God is still in control. 
We say, well, we can look at the news, we can read articles, we see what's happening here and there, and we come up with this human deduction that says, well, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, right? And that's what we'll say. And we'll say there's no good coming up. Guys, God is still in control. And right now, while we are still on this earth, there is one thing that should be taking place, and that is we are, we are, we are living in humility and contriteness with the Spirit of God, and we are about boldly speaking into our world the love of the Father. Okay? He is still in the business, if I can use that word. He's still in the business of reconciling lost and souls, dying lost and souls around, around us. Okay? There are still people that are going to have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, whether you agree with that or not. And that's where it becomes irrelevant. Whether I agree with it or not is really not the point. God is still moving. God is still working. God is still, God is still ministering to people, and there are going to still be people that as we have a breath, there's still going to be, in this world exists, there are still going to be people that's going to surrender their lives and have a, have a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. The question becomes more, do we live in conjunction with that? Because the Holy Spirit is given to us, so, and we go back to read the book of Acts, when Jesus says, the Spirit of God is given to each and every one of us, you know, because you're gonna be, you're gonna speak boldly to, in this world. Are we speaking boldly of God? Or are we going out with this depressed, discouraged thought that everything is crashing down and there's no hope? We're presenting a message either of no hope or hope that says, you know what, don't put your hope in that stuff. Put your hope in who is in control, and that is God. God is still in control. Now, here's the key. If we live in this state of humility and contriteness, and it's, this, and it's an intimate relationship with who He is, He will reveal to us where we move, where we talk, when we talk, what to say, all of those things. He reveals those to us, just like He's done throughout the ages, just like He's done even when Jesus was here on this earth. Where Jesus, remember Jesus making a statement that says, Jesus said this, that he couldn't do anything unless the Father does it. Do you remember reading that? Jesus said that he couldn't do anything unless the Father did it through him. Jesus relied upon the Spirit of God revealing to him the things of where, of his ministry. That is so critical for us, if, us as well, that the Holy Spirit guides and directs. But it happens by allowing the Spirit to reveal to us, to reveal to you where God is moving, what God is up to, where God wants to make some changes in your life perhaps. And it becomes like we talked about last week with the, with the story of Elisha and his servant. Remember that story? Where the servant looks out, they're getting pressed upon, and the servant looks out and all he sees is this army that's pressing up against them that's going to, that's going to capture them. That's all he sees. He, he sees the demise. He sees the destruction. He sees the activity of men. Elisha says, hey, don't worry about it. God's in control. And then Elisha goes back and he prays that, that God would reveal to his servant the truth. Right? And enable the servant to truly see what was taking place. And the servant goes out and he looks again. And all the servant sees now is the hills full of God's army. Guys, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the things of God. I think for many of us, we continue to look at things through the activity of men, of what we can do, of what, how we can handle this. And we, we struggle 
with looking at it through the lenses of the activity of God. What is it that God wants to do? What is it that God's up to? What is it that where God is moving, where we say, you know what? We're joining in with God because the Holy Spirit's revealing to us this is where God's moving, and we join in with Him. That's where it's so easy for us as humans to have a human perspective and have the eyes of man to see the activity of man versus the activity of God. Now, what happens is, when we truly see God, when we truly have this this moment, this encounter with God, a person, everything changes, okay? Everything changes. When When you're living your life and you're up against something and you really take it to God and you pray to God and you're asking for the Holy Spirit to give you strength, you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your next steps, you're asking the Holy Spirit for truth and you're asking the Holy Spirit just to reveal to you what God wants. When God moves and God demonstrates Himself, it drives you into a deeper, deeper intimacy with God the Father, which is how it all works. That's the, that's that's what it's all about is is giving God His glory what takes place is, through, and we read about this throughout the Scriptures. We read about this throughout the Word of God. When men and women had this, 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 this encounter with God, names, their names changed for God. Remember that? Their names would literally change for God. The names of God would be equated to that person's encounter. Okay? Now, I want to share with you very quickly. Just, I'm going to give you an example. Turn to Psalm 23. Which, very quickly, I just want to, I just want to walk through this with you. Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. It's one that you're very familiar with. It's one that we often read at funerals to, to ask God for comfort. But I want to read this to you because I want to read how, how it changed for David. Okay? When David penned out this 23rd Psalm, and it doesn't list it here, but, but throughout David, it, it, people would refer to God as these names right here. Jehovah. Jehovah, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. And we can see this in the 23rd Psalm. And real quick, I just want to walk you through what these mean and how David used them in the 23rd Psalm, okay? So for the very first one, the very first one, God says, the Lord is my shepherd. That would be the very first one. Jehovah Roha, okay? That's the very first one. That's how David is encountering God. David encountered God as his shepherd. And consequently, it changed everything for David. God, you're my shepherd. You're the one that leads me now. You're the one that is this great shepherd. He talks about Jehovah Jireh. I shall not want. I shall not want. It, It means that God provides. It means that when I'm in situations, it means that whatever I'm going through, I can pray to God and God's going to provide for me. He encountered God in these ways and it literally changed his connection with God, his intimacy with God. The next one is Shalom, which we often interpret peace. He says, you're going to, in, in the, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, in verse 2. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He gives me this sense of peace. Even when everything is, is, is in turmoil around me, even when it looks like everything is crashing down around me, God brings a sense of peace. He encountered God. He encountered God, Jehovah Shalom. The next one talks about being restored. He says, He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He heals some of you have encountered God that way. God is your Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Rapha, where He has restored something in your life, where God heals. 
God has healed something in your life and you give God praise and you give God His glory. The next one means the righteousness. When David's writing this, he renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. He leads me along the right paths, this, this sense of righteousness, which becomes the, becomes the Lord is our righteousness. The next one is this Lord is there concept, His presence, the uh, the, um, the the first one in the second line here, which literally means as I walk through a dark valley. David experienced this when Saul was chasing him nonstop. David experienced, got, encountered God in a very profound way going through dark valleys in his life. Even later on in his life when his sons were trying to fight against him, when his kingdom was coming against him, David experienced this sense of peace. He experienced this sense of righteousness and he experienced this sense that God was always there. My Jehovah is always there. And then that Nisi stands means that God prepares a table. God is my banner. God is the one. The Lord our banner. Jehovah Nisi. And then the last one is He anoints with oil. It says only goodness and faith. Or it says you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It's the sense of, of, of the Lord sanctifying. It's the sense that, that God is the one. God is the one that makes things right. God is the one that makes things straight. That He anoints and sanctifies His life. This is how David connect, encountered God. Right here. Through, the, through, through his relationship with God, this is how he experienced God. And names changed. Throughout the Bible, we read about this. Men and women coming in, counter, coming in contact with God, having this significant encounter with God, it literally changed their lives so much that it changed their name of who God was. God is not no longer just God to me. He's not just Yahweh to me. He's not just some Yahweh. He's not some God, but He's literally my provider. He's my sense of peace. He's the one that protects because He protected me. He's the one that provides. He's the one that brings righteousness. He, these, th- this is when we have this truly, this truly deep encounter with God. So my question is this, as we, as I kind of wrap up today, I just want to share with you just a couple, just a couple more thoughts to say this. How would you say or describe your encounter with the Holy Spirit? How is the Holy Spirit in your life where you could look and you could say, you know what, this is how I know God differently through, through the Holy Spirit revealing to me. Through my encounters, maybe not just encounter, but through my encounters with the Holy Spirit, this is who God has become to me. This is who God is. This is God the Father is to me through the power of His Holy Spirit. You see, it's not just based on doctrine. It's not based on, well, I believe that God's this, 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 and this, and I'm done. No, it's this intimacy that happens when we encounter God in this very powerful way through His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealing to us who God is. Does that make sense? It is such an important concept for us to understand. That it is the Spirit that reveals God to us. It's not something that we just ascertain. It's not something we just sit down and read and we say, okay, I understand this about God. God's Spirit is the one that reveals. So the question becomes, have I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Have I had encounters with the Holy Spirit? Because I live in such a way that the Spirit has freedom within my life. Do you know God deeper and in a different way than you've known Him like last year or six months ago? It, through your walk with Him, through your study, through your personal time with Him, your personal devotion with Him, 
Has your relationship with Him changed intimately? Where you can say, man, this is how I know God. I know God this way. I know God this way because He turned, He has turned my world upside down. That comes, again, from living in a state of humility and contrition with the Holy Spirit. If I come at this where I think that I know everything, and, you know, I don't really spend much time in the Word, I'm not going to have certain encounters with God because I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to have freedom within my life. That's very humbling. That's very humbling. And for some of us, that conviction part, we can kind of brush off and say, well, that's, you know, I don't want to be made feel guilty. I'm not asking that you be made feel guilty. I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to tune in to the Holy Spirit revealing Himself to you. The Holy Spirit leading your life. Is your heart open? Is it soft? Is Jesus coming to you today saying, hey, you need to return to your first love. You need to go back to when it initially was where you repented. You confessed and you repented. You, you lived in harmony there. We need to go back to that. There's some changes that I want to make within your life. And that, there's some things that I want to show you of myself. I want to take you deeper and deeper and deeper in this, in this relationship with me. I don't know where you are with God. I don't know where you're on your spiritual journey. Some of you have been, I mean, some of us have been on the spiritual journey for a long time. Some of us, we get stuck at times. And then we have this moment of super growth and it's so exciting. And then at times it's easy to stall. It's so easy as humans to stall. We get wrapped up in all kinds of things. We, and we have the rationale and logic of why we stall. But at the end of the day is this. Are we stalled out now? Is the Spirit continually nudging against us to say, come on, let's go. Let's not get stalled out. Folks, this is the most important thing that can ever take place within our lives. And that's living in this sense of... Of, of, of humility with God's Spirit. Because He is the one that's going to lead us deeper and deeper into the presence of God Himself. Again, I'm not here to judge. I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey. Some of you are very careful to guard against not allowing a staleness or a stall to take place within your life. Some of us, we may have gotten stalled years ago and it's time to become unstalled. God's saying, hey, let's move. Let's go. Let's, let's get this moving. Let's... Let, I want you to, 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 I want you to see some things that you're not seeing and you're not witnessing. I want you to have power to do some things that I'm calling you to do. I want to take you in some new directions. For some of you, it may be the very first time today where you say, you know what? I need the Holy Spirit within my life. You know, maybe, maybe the, today's the day where you've never ever surrendered your life to Christ. And today's going to be the day that you're going to start this whole new journey. I pray that you would just, Spend a moment committing your life to Christ and accepting His free gift of grace and mercy. I would love to pray with you if you want to come and pray. If anyone would want to come and pray, we would love, the elders, myself, would love to surround you and just pray with you and just lift you up. That's what we are here for. Not just because that's our ministry, it's because it's our hearts. We want to see, more than anything else, I, my heart is to see us grow closer to Christ. Every single one of us. To grow closer and closer to Jesus. So I pray that uh, as we close here with a couple more songs, that this might be a time where you open your heart to the Spirit of God. Allow the Spirit of God to, 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 to reveal to you some things that He wants to reveal to you. Would, you. would you allow this time, would you have an open heart and allow this time to be a time of response? Or would you res where you would respond to Him? As we close, I just want to share a word of prayer with us. 
and pray that you would just uh, that God's spirit would find freedom within this room, that there wouldn't be any distractions, that Satan would not allow ha- to be allowed to have any freedom whatsoever. And so, if you would, would you stand with me and let me just lead us into a word of prayer? Stand with me, bow your heads and your hearts, and let me just let me just lead us into that word of prayer. Father, I give you just incredible thanks and glory for your for your word. For, for your specific revelation of the Bible where we can read it and we can, we can understand it to a certain capacity but then you take over and your spirit grabs a hold of us and then things begin to get interpreted differently things begin we begin to see things at a much deeper level we begin to see you at a much more uh, in, a, in a much more intimate way we begin to see you in ways that we've never seen you before Father I pray that that would be the climate of this room right now. I pray that your spirit would find freedom within this room. I pray that the spirit that resides in each and every one of us that have placed our faith and trust in you would have freedom to move within our hearts and our lives, making the changes that he, that he so desperately wants to make, uh, that, that, that gives us life and life to the fullest. I pray, Father, that, again, as you always do, you're the one that draws you're the one that enables us to respond. And I pray right now that you would find freedom in that. And I pray that you would, again, just make this time a time that would bring you enormous amounts of glory because your children are responding to you the way that, that we, you would want us to respond. Thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to come into this place, to, to sing, to reflect, to hear your word, to pray, to encourage one another, to be the body that you've created us to be. Thank you for that time and space. Thank you for that freedom. Thank you for, again, just this opportunity. But most of all, may it not just rest in our desires, meeting, the, meeting our expectations. But Father, may it bring you glory. May we bring you glory by the way we respond to you. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus' name, that we pray these things. Amen.